Hey, well, I just wanted to share just uh, a brief word with you. And it's something, um, you know, we're obviously living in a almost unprecedented time. You know, there was uh, a quarantine about 100 years ago when the Spanish flu hit the United States. Um, and then also a few wartime instances have been similar to this. But uh, this is certainly something that most of us have never encountered or even maybe thought would happen. And, and so we're all adjusting on the fly. Churches everywhere adjusting on the fly. The government is adjusting on the fly. We're businesses, I mean, everybody, this is affecting everybody. And uh, all, the, all the things that we've trusted in and, and put our hope in, even unknowingly, they've really been shaken. And, and God says in, in Hebrews uh, chapter 12 that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And so, but I look at this, this period, um, and it, you know, who knows how long uh, this will last exactly. I do believe that there's going to be a turning point around Passover in particular. Um, but it's, the bright side of this time period is just that God's using it. He uses all things for the good, uh, what the enemy meant for evil, he uses for good. So just God, we, what we say at the awakening is God wins with any hand. Uh, it doesn't matter, uh, what hand he's dealt, he can make it a winning hand. And so. That's the kind of God that we serve. That He just He can He can work this very situation, no matter how hard it is uh, for some of us. He can work it for our good. And so um, I shared a little bit on this this past Sunday uh, or a week ago, and it's a um, it was on Monday of the the previous week. But like the Lord in my in my time with him just told me to turn to Ezekiel 20. And in Ezekiel 20, I had, when he told me to turn there, I just didn't, I had no idea what it was going to be about. Uh, and so when I turned there, it was a whole chapter where he's basically rebuking Israel for profaning the Sabbath, plural. And, and he says, you know, like in verse 12 of that chapter, he says, I gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Now, sanctif sanctification means to become more like the Lord. And so the Lord's, his intention for Sabbath and the different types of Sabbaths are to, to become like him. God rested from his works and he created us to enter into that rest as well, to rest from our works. And so, further down in the verse 16, he said, They profaned my Sabbaths, for their heart continually went after idols. And so the reason we do profane the Sabbath, which I'm going to explain in a little bit, is just because we're, we're going after other things. We're going after idols. And then in verse 28, he says, When I brought them into the land, which I swore to give them, they saw every high hill, and every leafy tree, and they offered their sacrifices. And there they presented the provocation of their offering. And so here the Lord's making a point that whenever we worship idols, it costs us. 
because they're, when you make a sacrifice, you're offering something that is, is costing you something. And so worshiping idols, it's not like it's uh, we're just in the in the plus on that. We it costs us, and it's it costs us our souls. It costs us our our alertness, um, just our spiritual awareness, our intimacy with the Lord. Anything that kind of takes the place of of our intimacy with the Lord or cools our passion for the Lord is um, can be described as an idol. And so that word, the, it says they went to the high hill and the leafy tree. The high hill can be a symbol of protection and the leafy tree can be a symbol of provision. And so we run to these things that we trust in to provide for us, to protect us. We, maybe we've trusted in, hey, the U.S., we've got the strongest military in the world. We don't have to worry about protecting or we've, we live in a country where we have freedom of liberty. Uh, that we can, we can own guns, we can do whatever, we can protect our property. And so we've, maybe we've trusted even in our own strength to protect us. And then the provision, you know, the America, the American economy has traditionally been the strongest one in the world. And America is, has prospered as a nation. And I, I believe largely historically, um, due to the fact that there's there's a lot of Christians living in the United States who do honor the Lord. Um, but the, the three Sabbaths I want to talk about and what I want to focus on is what are we saying yes to in this season out of these three Sabbaths. And so that first the first Sabbath um, that we can that we're going to talk about which is the whole Sabbath topic in the Bible is, is really fascinating. But the, the first one is just this every, on the seventh day, God told us to rest. Now, in the New Testament, it says there, in Hebrews, it says, there, therefore remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And I think that God's talking about a peace that's inside of us that we take, we take our, that we rest from our works. And this is, that's a 24-7, seven days a week type thing. But I do believe that God, uh, that there's principles found in the Old Testament Sabbath of, of resting, taking time to unplug, taking time to not work, taking time for family. Those are very important things to the Lord. And I do believe that the American church at large has, has started to neglect those things. And so on this uh, historically, and traditionally, the, the Hebrews, they would celebrate the Sabbath on the seventh day. And it was a time for family worship. It was a time to eat meals together and to celebrate. It was a time to go to the temple. And it was a time to rest. And so now Jesus showed us that he's the Lord of the Sabbath because he healed people on the Sabbath. And said the Sabbath isn't made to rule over us, but, we're met, but the Lord is the Lord of the Sabbath, meaning he gets to tell the Sabbath what to do, so to speak. And so we don't neglect doing good or following the Holy Spirit on a day of rest because following the Holy Spirit is how we rest. There's always rest in the Lord. When he's telling you to obey, there's always rest there. But the church as a whole, you know, we've, we've not prioritized, you know, family worship or, or corporate worship. And eating meals together. Life has gotten so busy. 
that we've neglected those things. We Our schedules are so full that we haven't prioritized. And so, like, things like, uh, you know, sports and entertainment are not in and of themselves bad things. I love, I love sports. I think sports are great teachers for life. For life. And uh, I'm, I'm even more speaking from, a, from an entertainment aspect of professional things that have all been suspended and, and postponed. So we have no sports on TV right now. And so I know there's a bunch of dads having to look around at their, at their kids and their wife and figure out how to do life. And so, um, and then there's also been a lot of drops in, in the Western church attendance because they just, people don't see value in gathering together corporately anymore. And I feel like God's using this time to restore some of these things. We're, we're worshiping in our houses. We're developing rhythms for that. And we're also prioritizing coming together as a corporate body and seeing and seeing value in that and not uh, dismissing it as something we take for granted. And so last week we repented for these things on behalf of the American church like Daniel did in chapter Daniel chapter 9 where it's called identificational repentance where Daniel, even though he did not wasn't a part of the, uh, the generation before him sins that sent them into captivity in Babylon. He said, Lord, we've neglected you. We haven't, we haven't listened to your voice. We haven't obeyed your commandments. That's why we're here in captivity. And he took it, he identified with his, the, the generations before him and his fellow man, even though he was, he was a very righteous man because he saw, he knew he's corporate and he wasn't an island unto himself. And so what are we saying yes to out of this seventh day Sabbath is, uh, is really that this is a time, utilize this time to carve out new family practices of worship, prayer, and connection together. And so um, this time, as you spend more time together, uh, figure out different rhythms. Hey, moms and dads say, hey, we're going to set this, this day apart for uh, worship and prayer as a family. And, or, or hey, we're going to do this at nighttime before we go to bed. Whatever it is, or we do this first thing in the morning. I, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to establish rhythms that are, that are good for your family. Ask the Lord what He wants you to do. Ask the Lord, say, Lord, any rhythms, any different rhythms you want us to establish in our family, where we worship you, where we worship you as a family, Show us that. Just reveal it to us. And, and he'll do that. The second Sabbath was every seventh year. Uh, they would not, you know, it was, a, it was an agricultural society. They would not plant crops in the fields. So they, would, they would let the land rest. And so there's even this idea of letting the land rest, allowing the land to be restored and replenished, much less ourselves be restored and replenished. And uh, in Leviticus 25, it talks about that. It says, On the seventh year, the land shall have a Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field, nor prune your vineyard. Your harvest after growth you shall not reap, and your grapes of untrimmed vines you shall not gather. The land shall have a sabbatical year. And so that seventh year that you, where you let the land rest, what that's symbolic of is you're, when you let your land rest and you don't plant crops and you're a farmer, do you understand how much trust that takes to say to the Lord, Lord, you're the God of the harvest. You're the God of my time. 
You're the God of my provision. So as a sign that I trust you, I'm going to let the land rest. I'm not going to plant. And I'm going to trust that in the first six years when I work the fields, you're going to provide so much for me that I can live off that for a whole year of the overflow of the previous six years. And so what God's doing now in this time is where well, we're resting. We're, a lot of us aren't working as much as we do, and so we're not earning as much. And, and I'm praying for people. I, I really felt the Lord's heart to, to, for compassion for those who are, who are out of work, who are hourly workers, who are business owners. Uh, I myself am being affected by it as a personal trainer. And so I'm just, but what I sense the Lord wanting to do is just bring us into a deeper place of trust and rest. It's like, God, you're going to provide for me. And, and I think it's, uh, like I said, it's really a gift when all of your trust is in the Lord and you can't be shaken. The moment all of these things around us and externally and in the world are start, start moving and shaking. And, and if anything, we realize that the world system is very fragile. It's very fragile. And we're on this earth a short time. And so we, we live from an eternal perspective as, as Christians. We're pilgrims and aliens in this land is what the Bible says. And so we also think that we own our own time. We make our schedules. Uh, but God's letting us know that he's the God of time and he's the God of our provision. And so that's what I feel like that's, that every seven years is what that represents. So what are we saying yes to with that? We're saying yes to God being our provider and our protector. This is the essence of the blessing that Aaron spoke in Numbers chapter 6, where he says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And so that the Lord bless you, provide for you. The Lord keep you, protect you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord, grace is another way of saying give him, that God gives us his ability. And so the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace, intimacy with the Lord, and the peace of God that passes all understanding. It's a peace that means you don't have to understand. You trust the Lord uh, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then the third Sabbath I want to talk about is just the, the seven times seven years. So 49 years in that 50th year it's called the year of jubilee and this in this year it says in, in leviticus 25 you shall have the 50th year as a jubilee you shall not sow nor reap its aftergrowth nor gather in from its untrimmed vines for it's a jubilee it shall be holy to you and you shall eat its crops out of the field and that you proclaim a release through the land to all the inhabitants everyone shall return to their property and so the year of jubilee is where debts, any debt that anyone had was forgiven, no matter how much it was. What has Jesus done for us? Maybe some of us were pretty good when we found Jesus and maybe we didn't have uh, a laundry list of sin. Maybe some of us, you know, we had, you know, bank boxes worth of sin and it doesn't matter because the blood of Jesus covers it all. And uh, Jesus actually said, he who's been forgiven much loves much. And so, um, so here the Lord, he's declaring that for us, what is it? How do we move forward with this? How do we practically take the year of Jubilee? Well, it's just, 
anyone that you feel like owes you something, you need to forgive them if you want if you want to be free. And so this is about freedom for you. When you forgive someone, they may not even know what's going on with you. You know, bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. And so when you forgive, it's setting you free. But this is what this is the year of Jubilee because it sets you free when you forgive and when you release any kind of bitterness. And so, but we what we have to do is the person that we think owes us something, we've got to release them. And that's what Isaiah 61 says. This is the favorable year of the Lord, talking about Jubilee and the and the day uh, the day of vengeance of our God. And so, uh, God is returning us back to our inheritance. So, whenever people were restored back to their original property that their fathers stored, what do you think God's doing in this time where we have more time to spend with Him? He's bringing us back to the garden. He's bringing us back to our original inheritance. Our inheritance is the garden of Eden, that place of walking and talking with Jesus. Of walking and talking with the Father in the cool of the day. In intimacy, no shame. They didn't have any clothes on. There was no shame. There was, and, and Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So God, Jesus has restored us back our original inheritance, which is intimacy with the Father, unhindered and unashamed. We can come before Him with boldness because of the blood of Jesus. And so that's what God's using this time. He's using, this is a forced Sabbath so to speak. And I'm not saying that uh, the virus is from God. I'm saying that God uses all things for the good. And so this fourth Sabbath that we've, we've been put into, use it. And I'll just declare to you, this is a time that you're advancing. This is a time where the church is advancing. And I, I'm, I'm praying even into the future that there's going to be a rapid recovery and restoration of all things. God, this is a, a, a mercy time in my eyes. This is a time where God's really showing us his kindness. I was, I was talking with Jessica the other day. I was like, we're quarantined in the spring. We could have been quarantined like two months ago in the winter when it was raining and cold and like everything was flooding. Or in the, in the dead heat of summer. But the Lord, I was like, it's so kind that God, it, you know, it's, it's happening in the spring. And so what are we saying yes to? We're saying yes to forgiving longstanding debts. Nobody owes us anything because Jesus paid for everything. Nobody owes you anything because Jesus gave you everything that you need for life and godliness. And we're walking in the newfound intimacy with Christ, being restored back to our original homeland, which is intimacy with Jesus, which always, which means every year is the year of Jubilee. And so the joy of the Lord is, is, is our strength during this time and the peace of God is guarding our hearts. And I bless you guys to really utilize this time and take advantage of it. And um, because God, he's good. God is for you. He's, we, you know, we, we've been uh, worshiping with Bethlehem Church in Wander uh, Monday through Friday this week. They had worship from 7 to 8 in prayer. And they sang this song every night that uh, Carrie Job and, and her husband released called The Blessing. And it's the and it's Aaron's prayer of number six that I just read, and I just encourage you to play that over your house, play it over yourself, you and your children, and uh, and be blessed.